Church joint. Thanks for joining us um, digitally. I'm going to lead us in scripture reading. Today we're going to be in John chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. Now, the chapter 17 of John is towards the end of Jesus' ministry on earth. And this is the last time Jesus gathers with his disciples, all of his disciples, before he's arrested and crucified. And in his final time with all of his disciples, he offers a prayer for them. Um, And this is what it says. And so let's read in John chapter 17, verse 20 through 26. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Thanks, Kong. So today, we are kicking off a new series talking about politics. But before I dive into that, before I dive in, I'd like us to pray. Particularly, I'd like us to pray for President Trump. In case you haven't heard, um, he, the First Lady, and a number of people associated with the White House um, have, been, have tested positive for COVID. Um, it's, COVID is a serious disease. Uh, we're not entirely sure of his condition right now, but he is at Walter Reed Medical Center uh, receiving excellent care. First um, Timothy 2 says, calls us to pray for our leaders. And so I'd like to do that now. And I figure we should do that before we ever start talking about politics. We should pray. So please, no matter what your political orientation or what your, your opinion is, positive or negative, of, of our current administration, join me with one heart to pray for President Trump and those affected uh, by the COVID. Join me. Heavenly Father, you are our creator, our sustainer, and you offer healing through the blood of Jesus Christ. So we take a moment now, Lord, to pray for President Trump. You've called us. You've even commanded us to pray. And so we lift up and we pray for his full and complete healing. Lord, we pray for, we pray for uh, the First Lady. Lord, we pray for healing for Melania, for Hope Hicks, Ronald McDonald, uh, uh, Ronald McDaniel, um, the senators, uh, the journalists, 
um, all of those in, uh, impacted. Lord, we pray healing and restoration. Lord, so by your grace, offer them healing. God, we know that it is nothing we deserve and it is nothing they deserve. But you are loving, you are gracious, and you are merciful. Lord, so on that, we pray as a church body, we come before you as one, united as one, to pray for healing, for the administration, for the others uh, impacted, and for our country and um, our family members and our friends who are affected by COVID. And so we thank you. We thank you that you hear our prayers and we lift them up in Jesus' name, our Savior and our healer. Amen. So, this was a great way to kick off this new series that I'm calling Avoiding Election Infection. Now, in this series, I will not be telling you how to vote. I will not be telling you what issues Christians should care about. But what we are going to be talking about, we are going to be talking about helping you, protecting yourself from being infected by a disease. This disease is way worse than COVID. There will come a day when COVID is under control. But this disease I'm talking about, this disease, this disease will harden your heart. This disease will damage your relationships. And if you're a Christian, this disease will actually hurt the church's ability to show the non-believing world that God loves them. So what is this disease? I'm calling it election infection. We're less than a month away now. And politics are in full gear right now. The, the ads are relentless. And it is, it, and un, just like 2020, even the election cycle is crazy. Um, and so I'm going to start by saying something very, very obvious. The state of politics in our nation right now is a mess. I know, really. Like, ooh, that's a shocker for you in the morning. It's true. Like, to, to quote Jake Tapper uh, with regards to the, the recent debate is that it is a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. That is the state of politics in us right now. That our country, okay, first, our country is more divided than it's ever been in most of our lifetimes. Okay? Political discourse today is angrier, more negative, and more toxic than I've ever seen it. And things like basic civility and respect seem more and more absent. It's a bit of a train wreck. And what's amazing, though, what's amazing about this is that both sides agree to that. It is probably the only thing that Republicans and Democrats can agree upon right now is that our political situation in this country is a mess. But what's different is they each blame the other side for it. They each blame the other side. And man, do they blame. 
that blame is filled often with outlandish accusations, half-truths, and plenty of name-calling. So when we look at our world today, is it even possible to disagree politically and love unconditionally? Is that even possible for us nowadays? I think it is. I think it is, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So how can you disagree politically but still love unconditionally? So to answer that question, we have to understand what does it mean to love unconditionally? So to help you do that, I'm actually going to invite Alicia Tao to talk a little bit about unconditional love. right now. <laughs> Stand here. There we go. All right. Thank you. Good morning. And my name is Alicia Tao. I'm the Community Engagement Director at River Life Church. And can we disagree politically and love unconditionally? So in order to have a correct understanding of unconditional love, we need to go back to Jesus's prayer. In the passage that Kong read for us, Jesus uses one most powerful tool to demonstrate to us while he was still alive, and that was through his prayer. His prayer was for all believers. And in verse 26, it says this, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that your love, the love you have for me, may be in them, that I myself may be in them. So what is unconditional love? Jesus prayed that we as believers would have the same love that comes from him, which comes directly from God. So before we dive too deep, though, we have to understand what unconditional love is. For example, conditional love affirms people who agree with you. Unconditional love affirms people who disagree with you. Conditional love has rules and expectations, and unconditional love uh, loves regardless of words, beliefs, and political stance. Where does unconditional love come from? Unconditional love comes from God, and that's why he sent Jesus. Now, this passage doesn't say it in here, but when he left, he gifted us with the Holy Spirit to live within us which means he gave us supernatural ability to love unconditionally. Supernatural ability to love unconditionally. There are so many moments that we are unable to love unconditionally because it comes from us. Our heart, our mind, our logical thoughts. Let me say that again. Our heart, our minds, our logical thoughts. The problem with all of those is that they come from us, from me, from you. And that will eventually fail in loving someone. We are incapable of loving unconditionally on our own. That's just true. Which is why we need to rely on unconditional love, which flows from God to Jesus, directly to us, and spills onto people. 
His prayer was that everyone would receive God's love and not just some, not just a little portion here and there, but everyone would know his love. So how do you tap into this unconditional love? In other words, how can you help yourself from getting into this crazy season, season of political disagreements and debate? It is with the power of your words. I'll say that one more time. It is with the power of your words. So there's a reason why we are addicted to Facebook and Twitter and news articles and books. Because, we, because it gives us information. We're able to feed our addiction. We're able to find information to support what we believe. I myself have so many books in my house, and I use it to feed my knowledge. So your words are one of the most powerful tools you possess. How you say something is just as important, if not more important, than what you say. Jesus also understood this that powerful words are important. That's why he prayed with his words that came from him so that it could become a reality for you and me so that we could also use our words to live in that power that Jesus gives to us. So how are you choosing to use your words right now? Think about your family, your friends, your social media platform. Do you use your words to create fear or hope? Do you use your words to divide or unite? Do you use your words to criticize differences or affirm similarities? So how are you using your words? It is hard to be loving with our words. And when someone says very hurtful things to us against the things that we support currently, Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, it triggers us. Things, we start to feel things. Or when we hear conversations about pro-life and pro-choice, literally the hair stands up on our arms and our heart starts racing. We start to get upset and angry. Or when people say that COVID is real, to wear your mask. And then when the other group is saying COVID is not real, don't wear your mask. We get so angry, we want to fight back. We want to say all kinds of mean things to prove our points. That's why we receive unconditional love from Jesus, because we don't have it in ourselves to be able to do that. There's a limit. So once you've calmed down and you have breathed through your anger, counted to three, here are ways to push through to practice unconditional love. Okay, remember we need to pull back to remember what Jesus prayed for. It is so God's love can be made known to others. All right. So how to disagree politically and love unconditionally. So one, 
rethink what you just said and rephrase it to be more loving, kind, and thoughtful. And I have failed, you have failed, we have all failed in this area. If you've been in a relationship, in your family, in your workplaces, we have said things incorrectly that has come off wrong, and we need to stop, take a step back, apologize, rephrase it. And if this is something that you are not good at, then find someone in your life that can help you with this because there are people that you know, that person always knows how to say it well. So go and learn from them. I had to do that. You can do that as well, right? Two, rewrite what you have posted, text, or tweeted to be more loving, oh, sorry, to share information that is more respectful to allow someone to come and join in your thought process and why you believe in something. We, I, including myself, have messed up. We've, I've written things on Facebook that my husband has been like, nope, take that off, okay? So in some ways, we need that same accountability in our lives. There are things that you want to write. I mean, we get into these long Facebook battles. I'm smarter than you. You're smarter than me. We're writing to each other. Is that really productive? Fighting fire with fire. And at the end of the day, if that doesn't work out, delete it. Delete it off of social media. Delete it. If you, we can't really delete text messages, right? We can, but the words will still linger in someone else. So go back to number one, rethink and rephrase it. Number three, respond with grace and kindness if you need to respond. So this is kind of a cycle. If you need to go back and respond, rephrase it, respond with grace and kindness. That means tone of voice, eye contact. It means sitting down, putting your phone away, right? That's like number one killer in relationships is the phone. Put that away and respond with kindness and love and give them that time and attention because that will uh, speak volumes of love way more than anything else. Now, this doesn't mean that you've changed your political position or that you now have new beliefs and that you're passive-aggressive. It means that you're practicing unconditional love by engaging in conversation with them and then listening because you love them. The listening part is important. Not listening with your phone, not listening with the TV on, but listening with eye contact and giving them that space. Now, that's, that's really it. I have friends and family who are Trump supporters, Biden supporters. Um, some believe in conspiracy theories. Some believe they don't need to vote and all of that. But I still love them regardless of their political stance. Doesn't mean it's easy at all. Some days I have to fight myself and say, not today, not going to respond today. But I, you know, I know I, I have strong opinions, so I have to keep myself in check as well. So my love for my family and friends is not based on their political stance, but my relationship with them. So do you see the connection? So my love comes from Jesus, who received it directly from God which means I can't lack it. I can't. If you say that you are a believer and the Holy Spirit lives within you, then you automatically can tap into unconditional love. You just have to ask for it. And I have to do that 
all the time, including this morning, learning to tap into the Holy Spirit so I can receive unconditional love. And this is the prayer that Jesus had for us, is that everyone would know God's love, and that is through us and through our words. So disagree politically, love unconditionally, and the only way you can do that is by receiving God's love for you and giving it to others. Because if we were, we were to keep it to ourselves, no one else would receive it, right? So I want to invite Pastor Greg to come back and share the second part of Jesus' prayer. Thank you, Alicia. So that's part of what Jesus prayed. He prayed that we could love boldly, unconditionally. But that's only part. Is disagree politically, love unconditionally, and something else. See, and this something else, this other action is critical for the body of Christ, especially in a time like this when so many churches are divided, so many churches divided over politics, COVID, masks. This next piece is so important. In fact, it's so important that in Jesus' prayer, he mentions it four times in three verses. Four times in three verses. So what is this critical, crucial prayer request that Jesus prayed? Unity. Unity. Now, let me read part of the passage again. So this is Jesus speaking. My prayer is not for them alone, referring to the disciples. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. We believe in Jesus through the message of the disciples passed on for 2,000 years. So Jesus is praying for us right in this passage. Here it is. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so the world may know, may believe that you sent me. Um, I have given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Complete unity. That was Jesus' prayer request for us. See, this was Jesus praying. Did you catch that? He prayed that us as the body of Christ might be living in complete unity. Just as Jesus and the Father are one, that we are to be one with Jesus and one with one another. Complete unity. See, that means that by ourselves, driven by our own politics, driven by our own pride and self-interest, we will be divided. On our own, driven by what we want in this world, we will be divided. 
but only in Christ. Only in Christ. Only in Him, belonging to Him, finding our identity in Him, can we be united as one. See, united around a common shared set of kingdom values, not earthly values, not political platforms, but kingdom values. That, that is what God wants for the church. The church is never and has never been meant to circle around a political platform or a person in power. That is never what the church is meant to be. And we're going to talk about that more in a few weeks. What God has created the church to be is united around the cross of Christ. Regardless of male, female, rich, poor, Republican, Democrat. Regardless of any of that. We are meant to be united around the cross of Christ. As one. So Christian Republicans, can you be united with Christian Democrats? Or can you only see them as the enemy? As the radical left, liberal, anti-God, socialists, extremists? How about Christian Democrats? Can you be united as one? with Christian Republicans? Or can you only see them as the enemy? The corrupt right, elitist, racists, misogynists, xenophobes. Is that all you can see the other side with? If so, you're looking at them through human eyes. Can you put your Jesus filter ahead of your political filter and see the people on the other side as beloved children of God. Not as political opponents, not as enemies, but as children of God the way God sees them. Can you put your Jesus filter ahead of your political filter? See, here's the, here's the next thing that Jesus says in that passage. Here it is. Then, only then, only when Christians are united, only when we are one, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Think about that for a moment. Only when the body of Christ is united as one around the cross of Christ will the world know that God sent Jesus and God loves them. Only then. See, that's why Jesus prayed for it. That's why he prayed for us 2,000 years ago. Because it is that important. See, the reason Jesus prayed for oneness and unity doesn't really have to do anything with us. He prayed for oneness because of something he wants to do through us. 
And that is show the world that God sent Jesus Christ to love them and die on a cross for the forgiveness of their sins. He wants to do that through us, to show the the world around, watching the church, watching Christians. Because God wants to tell them that he loves them. Think about that. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, the witness of God on earth is directly connected to your ability to love your neighbor. The witness, the power of God on earth is directly connected to our ability to love our neighbor. And that's why it was Jesus' prayer request. That's why it was so important for Jesus. So, when you judge, criticize, mock other Christians, you are telling the world that Jesus was just a human being. When, when you argue online and throw insults and banters, Back, back and forth to someone who disagrees with you. You are telling the world God does not love them. And when you use your words to tear somebody down instead of build them up, you damage the kingdom of God. And you undermine the mission of River Life Church. This is no small matter. This is no small matter. Disagree politically. Love unconditionally. Pray for unity. Disagree politically. Love unconditionally. Pray for unity. Disagree politically. Love unconditionally. Pray for unity. Let's wrap this thing up. Now, your candidate will win or lose based on how Americans vote on a Tuesday in November. But the church wins or loses. But our community around us wins or loses. And in some ways, even our nation wins or loses based on how we treat one another, how we treat the people we disagree with every single day, every single Facebook post, the church wins or loses based on how well you and how well I love our neighbor. That's why we must not allow anything to divide us. We must not allow anyone to divide us. We must put people over politics. Every time, without exception. People over politics. Every time, 
without exception. Join me as we pray. God, we pray for your peace in a world that is tumultuous right now, to say the least. We pray for your peace. We pray that you rain down your love on us, that we can receive your love, that we can understand fully what it means to be loved unconditionally by the creator of the universe. We can sit with that, not having to save ourselves, not having to make excuses, not having to earn your love. Because only then can we overflow that love to other people. Lord, so I pray for for every person watching us today that they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you love them. You love them just for who they are. And there is nothing they could do that would make you love them less. And there is nothing they could do that would make you love them more. Help us receive your love, God. And today I pray against the spirit of criticism. Lord, I pray against the spirit of hatred, the spirit of anger, the spirit of vengeance. These are all tools of Satan that have infected the church. And I pray against, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of Jesus Christ, his blood shed on the cross, that those spirits have no power over river life or the river life family. Lord, I pray that we we become transformed into the most loving, the kindest, the most caring, patient people on this planet. Supernaturally empowered by you, not by us. Not, Not driven by our political platforms, but driven out of gratefulness that you have forgiven us for our of our sins. Lord, I pray for us. Lord, and I pray for some. uh, Lord, I know right now that there are some watching this who need to repent. And they need to turn to you and say, I'm sorry, God. Lord, for those people, for those hearts, soften those hearts. Hold them gently. Hold them dearly. And let them know that you forgive them. Break all of our hearts for the people we see across the aisle with different beliefs, different political platforms. Break our hearts for them way more than for our politics. Let us love dearly, Lord. And with all of that, we give ourselves, we give this church We place our sins at the foot of the cross and thank you for forgiving them. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.